The views and opinions expressed on Wrestling Wind Down are those of the host and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of any other agency, organization, employer, or company. What's up, guys? It's Lo, and you are tuned in to Wrestling Wind Down, a female-founded and hosted podcast dedicated to professional wrestling and our favorite adult beverage. This is the final episode in a three-part series focusing on the women of the WWE. Episode one focused on the representation and diversity within WWE and AEW, while our second episode focused on the WWE Divas era. In this episode, I am joined by two ladies of women's wrestling talk, Emily and Santana, to dive all into the current state of the WWE women's division. We will be spilling the wine on everything WWE Women's Revolution, as well as WWE's first all-women's pay-per-view evolution, and if we hope to see a pay-per-view like this in the future. We will also talk about the first-ever Queen's Court, as well as the Trailblazers within this era, and finally, we will give our thoughts on how we really feel about the WWE Women's Division as of now. We filmed this episode a couple of months ago, so you will notice that there are mentions of talent that have unfortunately been released due to budget cuts according to World Wrestling Entertainment but I did leave those parts of the episode in because I wanted you guys to really hear the thoughts that Santana and Emily brought to the table. They are both so knowledgeable and passionate about women's wrestling and I'm so excited for you guys to hear their thoughts. So grab your glass of wine. We're going in for the three count. As I mentioned in the intro, I have two ladies that are a part of Women's Wrestling Talk here with me to chat all about the current state of the WWE Women's Division, Emily and Santana. Welcome to Wrestling Wind Down. Let's dive right in. Like I mentioned, you guys are both part of Women's Wrestling Talk. Can you tell me about how you got involved in this platform and what is the purpose of the platform? So I have been a part of Women's Wrestling Talk for about two years now coming on two years. And we started back at After Buzz TV, TK and I, and I wanted to have a, a larger platform to talk about women's wrestling because it was not talked about enough and the talent was being underutilized and wrestling was always a passion of mine. So it was a platform where we could talk with uh, women from all across the industry from an independent circuit to WWE, now uh, now AEW and other, you know, impact ring of honor just across the industry, uh, different, uh, different women, um, not only wrestlers, but also promoters and producers and behind the scenes talent and everyone that that contributes to the wrestling industry. Yeah. And for me, I'm fairly new, honestly. So like, I don't have the, the beginning years like uh, Emily does. But for me, I mean, I just saw they posted something about joining team and I was like, you know, I've kind of been getting back. Well, I wouldn't say getting back into it, but I always wanted to get into a platform where I can talk about women's wrestling or just wrestling in general. And so I reached out and they brought me on to be a host, but now I, I'm still a host, but I'm now one of the editors for the writing team for them. So yeah, it's it's awesome. And and like women's wrestling, we don't get a lot women don't get a lot of credit in the wrestling industry. So like why not have a platform that's dedicated to it with uh diversity and everyone have their own opinions and, and we're all passionate about it. Yeah, and to add to that, like what's exciting is what Santana said was that we have writers, we have people behind the scenes, we have everyone contributing in, in ways that they're passionate about. Um, that they can lend their talents and lend their, lend their voice. And so it's a really exciting platform and it's just going to continue to grow. 
How many people do you guys currently have on your team? Oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. Is it 10 hosts, 12 hosts? Yeah, I think it's about 10 or 12 hosts. And then writers, like- Writers, a few writers. Four writers. Yeah, for right now, um, we're we're getting to the part we are. We will be expanding, so bringing on more people to to write for us and um, just just building an amazing team of of people who love women's wrestling, support it, and and we'll fight for it just as much as we fight for male wrestlers. We're gonna fight for the women. Where can the people tune into you guys at? I know you guys are on Fight TV now. When are you guys on there as well as where can people find you on social media? Yeah, so you can follow Women's Wrestling Talk at www.talkpod on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and you can watch our interviews specifically on Fight TV on Tuesday evenings. And then we also have a whole YouTube channel, so subscribe there. And we have tons of fun panels. We just did a PWI panel about the 150 list that came out. And we have just exciting after shows. We're covering Roads to the Top, the AEW show. We're covering so many other things. So um, go check it out subscribe and follow let's get into the current state of the wwe women's division throughout the last couple of years wwe has seemed to place an emphasis on their women's division we were all familiar with the women's revolution that took place in july 2015 when divas were now referred to as superstars just like the male talent what did this moment mean to you this was a really important moment for not only women in the industry, but also fans, because it was a whole paradigm shift in the industry because WWE was recognizing that the women were at the same level as men, that they're athletes and that they're WWE superstars as well. Even though by name, originally they technically weren't and that's why that title originally was controversial and so i think this was the the moment and the shift that made everyone pivot and pay attention i definitely have to agree with uh emily like for me being a wrestling fan i'll we know about the diva era we know mm-hmm. it's nothing but a bunch of bikini bra and panties yeah popcorn three, mi- three yeah. minute five minute bathroom break matches but when we started to see that there were certain women in the ring who could wrestle like your Beth Phoenix, like your Jazz, like your Trish, your Lita, your Victorias, your Molly Hollies, your uh, Molinas, your Marie's, your Mickey James. There's so many women that were coming up behind this diva putting pie eating <laughs> matches that were really putting on matches, although they were like three to five minutes or and whatnot. And then you move over to having your, I guess, your Bella Twins and your E Torres, your Kelly Kellys, those who weren't really, really that good in the ring, but they were working on and mm-hmm. learning um, how to wrestle and then bringing in, you know, your Naomi's, your um, Charlotte, Sasha, Becky, Bailey, the four horsewomen, and so many more. And to understand that, that, that term diva did not comply with this new era, new generation of women's wrestlers. They are superstars because they're going out there each and every night putting on top tier matches just as well as the men women were, and but not even just better than them. Main eventing, the main shows where normally men were main eventing, women were main eventing now. Yeah. And come well, more so seen. Yeah. yeah, I mean, and that's such a good point. I think also to, to add to that is it was a shift in getting 
having eyes on these athletes and treating them like the athletes they are and having those matches to show like these women are wrestling better than the men and we need to talk about this and we need to elevate them and I think even though there was women and trailblazers before that that paved that road that made it possible for that moment and that shift to happen and like I I think we can't like the many people that Santana mentioned like we can't not talk about them because they helped pave that way and we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for each heartache and each each battle they had to fight in order to make that happen in the last 10 years as fans did the name divas or them being referred to as divas did it bother you Well, I guess I would say that the term diva, when it came to at that time where there was considered to be the diva era, like your diva searches. Mm -hmm. Of course, I can understand that that part of calling referring to the women on the show as divas. But when they start putting on like really, really good matches, having people not even want to go take a bathroom break, but actually sit there and watch them put on a show. That's when I knew for a fact that the women who were really going out there every night putting on really, really good matches were no longer considered themselves to be divas. They were superstars. They were an inspiration to other women who were in the audience who are now wrestlers to this day and say that, oh, well, I was a huge fan of this person. I was there when when this main event happened with Trish and Lita, or I was there when I saw um, Charlotte Flair and Sasha Banks uh, wrestling the main event on Monday Night Raw, or, you know, so many different types of history and moments were being made that, the term diva, it should have left. And like when the diva search era ended, that's when the term diva should have left. When women started actually put on matches and do some amazing things in the ring. That's when that terminology should have left. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think that that era, the diva era is definitely like, WWE wouldn't be where it is without that moment in time. But I think, like you said, it's very like once we started having those brutal matches, long matches that really told stories that that shared the, um, you know, showcase that athleticism, like it's out the window, right? We're, we're elevating those talent. We're moving past it. And we're making those superstars. Who would you all consider some of the trailblazers of the WWE Women's Revolution and why? I know... Some names that I thought of were Paige. Um, I've seen the Bella Twins mentioned as part of the the revolution. And then obviously the four horsewomen. But, you know, are there more women that you look at and you you think, wow, they really did start a revolution in the WWE? I will say for me, I'm definitely going to say like your Molina, like your Belle Phoenix, like your Jazz. Although during that time where I feel like Jazz and Belle Phoenix, because of their, their stature and their strength, they were in the wrong era. They would have fit perfectly in this era of the divas or women's revolution of women's wrestling. Back then, like I said, it was a bunch of bikini matches, three minute, five minute matches, stuff like that. But for them personally, I do feel like they were a part of that. Even Awesome Kong, who I feel like, you know, she had like a short moment. She still did something um, there, being a part of the Royal Rumble. All this, she she did something there for other people like like a page page definitely mm-hmm. she i would say that she she started something there um more and maybe backlash were more so over than what i think the bella twins did i would i would definitely put page up there before i would actually speak of the bella twins honestly i remember when Paige won. She was like the youngest Divas champion. And that was an iconic moment. When you look at documentaries and you look at the history, that was that moment where it shifted because Paige was a wrestler. And not that 
you know, the, the Molinas and the jazzes didn't like, they shifted like each of their moments helped shift it in order for Paige to get to where she was. And then from there, it was really never the same again. So I think, you know, it's so hard to like, to pinpoint one person that made that the biggest impact, because I feel like each one had to, to fight their own battles and push through in order to make this moment happen. You know, the Bella Twins, I know, were, you know, inducted into the Hall of Fame and they, they definitely are part of that change. But I don't know. I don't know if I could like list it and, <laughs> and, uh, and put like someone uh, above, above each other. Right. And I think, too, with Paige, what stood out about her so much is that she didn't fit that mold that WWE tended to go with. Yeah, totally against the anti-diva. She was the anti-diva. Exactly. She was like, the look was totally different. She She was dark. She 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 had dark hair. She was like pale skin, didn't have the tan Mm -hmm. and wasn't like, no, you know, didn't have (laughs) that like typical beach body, I guess, you know? Yeah. And I think that also changed it. It was like, okay, we can have people that of all different shapes and sizes and that aren't that typical mold. And I think right. she was the kind of that perfect person at that moment to do that. Um, and she was gritty, right? Gritty and like um, just had that like roughness about her that you needed that type of person to hold that moment, make that moment bigger. Because it was a bigger moment than um, I think people realized at the time would you change anything about how the women's revolution went do you think wwe executed it in a proper manner or do you think they could have done the execution of the women's revolution differently i would say that i feel like they could have done it differently i feel like when when certain moments were happening um they they should have capitalized on it however they were so big on sex sales and 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 that's where I feel like I wouldn't say that it was too late, but I feel like if they hadn't started with changing, you know, acknowledging the women wrestlers as superstars, I don't feel like the way that the women division is now would have been such a huge impact for the change in women's uh the women's evolution anything like that i feel like they they should have done better they should have started to actually pay attention to how fans were really viewing the women's division at that time and actually want to say you know what let's give them longer matches but however those women back then they weren't strong wrestlers some of them were learning some of them had no wrestling experience at all whatsoever but they were learning they were wanting to get into the ring they were trying to create different types of stories with them and what i will say that i do feel like they did correctly was eventually giving them an an all women's pay-per-view and to showcase that women can put on a pay-per-view by themselves without having any men on a card and do an amazing job i mean the biggest thing that I felt like was it was long overdue it took too long right Mm -hmm. it should have happened a long time ago finally you know kind of evolving into uh, a place where you could have women's titles and women's belts and people like you have like you said on an all women's pay-per-view it took a long time to get there and it should have happened a long time ago and they had the had the talent to do it but it was like they had to get kind of their ducks in a row to figure out, okay, how can we craft it? How do we make it to be the best it can be? And I know, well, that's probably, we'll talk about that a little bit later. It just, it should have happened. <laughs> it should have happened before then. But then when you think about kind of ending the Divas era, it's like, you have to, like, would it have been successful if it happened earlier? Mm-hmm. And you could, that's a, 
I definitely agree on that. Um, I will say that, like William Lee, if it, if it did have happened earlier with changing the the divas to superstars at that time, I don't think it would have been great because, like I said at that time, those women were not wrestlers. They were there to look yeah. good and to be some eye candy for the men in the audience to to feel a little aroused or excited or whatever. But other than that, as far as like seeing them in the ring, um, it was very cringing when I kind of go back and look yeah, and watch like, those matches. It's like, Ooh, where was my mind at when I was really watching this at that time? But to That's go like back watching and, old stuff and you're like, yeah, you're, like, like you're always Ooh. like, oh, okay. Whoops. Yeah, <laughs> that was that was bad. Um, but I, I will say that I don't feel like they took their women's wrestling that they did have at the time series anyway the reason why it wouldn't have been executed the way that it that it was um that or that it is now for them you guys touched on it a little bit but let's talk about wwe's evolution this was their first all women's pay-per-view event and many of us remember how the execution was of the event it was it was unfortunate to be honest it was rushed it was right after the saudi arabia event they were more focused on that event it seemed like the planning and the execution behind having such a historic pay-per-view was almost put to the side just to make sure that the Saudi Arabia show went well. As a women's wrestling fan, how did this make you feel? Honestly, truly, I I recently went back and I watched uh, Evolution again. And I honestly have to say that that pay-per-view, it wasn't as bad as a lot of people thought that it was. I just don't think that people really trusted enough to feel that women could put on an all-women's pay-per-view on their own without having any male counterparts being there. However, the the men, the male wrestlers supported it. They were there in the audience, like, cheering and everything like that, but I... I mean, I understand where when we're talking about Saudi Arabia, the money of redness is what I like to call it, um, and and everything like that. But I, I feel that the way that they take seriously of their male counterparts, I wish they had taken seriously with their women. That's like my only issue that I have is that when it came to the women and giving them their own all women's pay-per-view, it was iconic. It was his it was historical. It was something that was you you have this royal rumble or whatnot and you you bring in so many women from your past present and future put them all in the ring together all those certain matches that happened on that card did not wasn't what we thought it would have been like me personally I still want to see Sasha Banks versus Trish Stratus before Charlotte and Trish Stratus I still say that to this day because that's something that Sasha Banks wanted and we already saw it happening at the Royal Rumble that year when Trish and Sasha was in the, in the match together um in regards to Charlotte and, and uh Becky that fought at Evolution honestly I thought that that match should have been main event because it was just that good. Honestly, it made me forget that there was even a match after the fact with Ronda Rousey and and what Nikki Bella. Nikki, mm-hmm. I oh, yeah. totally forgot that that match was coming. I thought this was the end when I watched it, and then to realize that oh snap, we got the the Raw Women's Title on the line. I really wanted them to to actually do another All Women's Pay Per View. I do, yeah. but I who yeah. knows what would happen in the future. Yeah, I mean, everyone, so I, I know, like, I, I think it was last year, or like every few, every like, I don't know, quarter, I feel like uh, it trends on Twitter, right? Mm-hmm. It, it starts getting like recirculated, fans keep talking yeah. about it, and they keep demanding that they want it to come back. And, you know, there's also like the the May Young Classic, and like all of these things that are so female centric, and 
what I like about which they've been trying to do with the Royal Rumble is that you have your your past, present, and future, uh, um, and you can kind of surprise fans and bring people mm-hmm. together that um, you might not see in a matchup or that you've like your dream matchup that you've never seen before. I think WWE should listen to the fans. They should think about what this would mean to have an all-female pay-per-view. We've seen other promotions do it uh, in the last few years, uh, in in recent months. We've seen more and more female productions of these wrestling shows, you know, pop up because it is in demand. And I know that it was, all the months are blending together, but I remember uh, Maria Kanellis came out and and it was very controversial, her comments about, about saying that it was a publicity stunt that it was that, you know, evolution was just done. And internally, that's kind of how they talked about it, which for me would be pretty disappointing if, if that is uh, in fact true, because women's wrestling, it does sell, people want to see it. And those shows need to, like, we need to be elevating that talent and those voices. And it's so important. And so the fact that we've seen some really unfortunate choices in how long matches are in recent months, and we've seen unfortunate choices and storylines that are kind of we're taking like five steps backwards is really kind of disappointing but I'm optimistic that because everyone is so passionate about women in the industry and they want to see these athletes go in the ring and tell these incredible stories I'm hoping that we can get another uh, another evolution that's well thought out kind of leads to bigger things because we've seen women main event WrestleMania and we can see that they can put on, you know, an incredible, incredible show. And that's so important. Don't think that we would have gotten the evolution if it wasn't for the hashtag going on Twitter. Mm-hmm. We mm-hmm. I don't think we wouldn't have gotten it because we had the hashtag give divas a chance hashtag yeah. at yeah. the time when they were called divas. Yeah. Um, but it worked. It, it got us this all-women's pay-per-view. It got a women's Warrior Rumble. It got women to have the chance to main event at WrestleMania. It, the, they listen to us when it's beneficial. <laughs> That's how I look at it. Yeah. I mean, if you're thinking from a business perspective, you're like, that is money in seats. That is people buying pay- tickets, merchandise, pay-per-views. Like, at the end of the day, that's really what they're looking at, right? And so... <laughs> Like, to be I, honest, I think they do look at I think they do look at social media. I mean, I know they have people that on their team that do that. But sometimes I do wonder if they really focus on it as much as we do, because, for instance, like Naomi, like we've seen Naomi trend. We've seen yeah. these moments that she's had and it would have been the perfect opportunity for them Uh-oh. to capitalize on it because it's trending. Like you Mm -hmm. said, it's a good marketable thing for them to do. But aside from that, she's a great superstar. She's been there for years. Like it's like obvious, right? Yeah. I mean, Bianca, Bianca and Sasha, their WrestleMania moment was the match of the year at one, like they won an SB award. Like Mm -hmm. it was huge. Like they're, they're breaking boundaries across sports entertainment. They're breaking out into a whole different level. And they were trending all across and like, you know, all across Twitter uh, for days, for weeks because of that. And people kept talking about it. And so if we, we do, I think we need to realize we do have the power as fans to do some good and tell the companies that we love to watch 
hey, like we want to see these people on TV and we want to see, you know, these people have matches. And I think if we do it in a nice way <laughs> and in a way that elevates and is positive. It's a good thing, right? You want to keep talking about it. In your opinion, who are some of the strongest women on the WWE roster right now? Are there any women who you feel like haven't been given the proper platform to showcase their in-ring skills? Of course, my my fave, the EST is over the E right now. I feel like she is the strongest. I, look, I'm down with Bianca Belair since since before NXT days when I watched her be a homegrown wrestler. Had no experience at all with her, but she had the heart, she had the talent, she had the athleticism to get to where she is. So I do feel like she is one of the strongest as of as of right now. In their eyes of looking at her as being a rookie, um, I do feel like she is one of the strongest. Um, Definitely Sasha Banks, of course. Definitely a Bailey. I would say Charlotte as well. I would definitely even take it back to like a Natalia, who's like a, a vet, been doing this for a very, very long time, come from a family of, of wrestlers, her legacy like that. Even a Naomi, I I feel like she has been not giving the proper opportunity to once again showcase why she has been in this, in a part of wrestling for 11 plus years, probably 12 now. And to, I feel like her journey as a wrestler has been a little bit rocky. It really has from her being a two-time SmackDown Women's Champion, having a title, losing it, well, having it vacated because she was injured, winning again, and then losing it like six months later, and then never really holding a title ever again. And I want so much more for Naomi because I know that she's very, very athletic. She may not be that great on the mic, but she's still, you, you can still listen to her and whatnot. But I, I feel like Naomi definitely hasn't really been given the opportunity as of right now to showcase her talent. And I honestly, another person I would say somebody I don't too much care for, but I will say that she has been working and that is a Liv Morgan. Liv, honestly, she, since she's been in some terrible, terrible storylines as a singles competitor. She has a great run as being a part of the tag team and whatnot. But to see her finally get like a little little push and then boom, money in the bank. She doesn't win. She loses to a superhero, no shade to Nikki Ash or whatever. But to see her get this big push, then get pushed right back down. Don't see her for any more weeks. And then she pops back out. Um, but you know, I would like to see Liv get a chance. I'm happy that Zelina is getting an opportunity. I want to see more of the of the NXT girls who are coming up. Rhea Ripley, she she You're is taking great. all my people. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> Rhea Ripley, I say she's that girl. Like her NXT run was great. I'm ready to see her do some more things on the main roster. Go ahead, Emily. I'm not gonna say nothing else. I'm done. No, my it's lips are They're so good. Um, <laughs> no, I was gonna like go to kind of the NXT ladies because you know it's uh like we had like Frankie Monet made her uh debut at NXT and I love her look, you know, she's from the the like SoCal independent scene and like all over and 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 I I just I I know they're still trying to figure out what what to do with her, but I wanna see more. I wanna see more. I feel like uh, you kind of named some of the the people I had in mind. I feel like, you know, Dana Brooke you've kind of seen them try to figure out how to, to utilize her. I would say also Alexa Bliss, I know might be a surprising choice, but I feel like she has had this, this 
evolution of her character and um, trying to find a, a, a place for her that makes sense and works. I said like a Tony Storm too. Tony Storm yeah, Tony, is a beast. Yeah, yeah I hate. feel like Tony Storm's like underrated. Where she is, um, she's she's had a few really great opportunities, but it's like, okay, how can we like up that even more? How do you feel about Candace LeRae? Candace LeRae is amazing. She she's amazing. I mean, although she's she's about to be a mom now and whatnot, but Candace LeRae, she came in, you know loud colors you know she yeah. she was she had a lot of spunk and everything she's a great wrestler and everything then she went to this poison side of her where it went to let's see how Candice LeRae is that is what as being a heel and I feel like she she's elevated a lot I mean now I mean you can't really see her in the ring now but at that time I feel like she she has been given a, a platform to showcase her ring skills um yeah. she has and she's good on the mic like she would do mm-hmm. little fun segments and things like yeah. that I feel like she really got some opportunities. Um, I feel like mm-hmm. it did, it did like lull there for a little bit where mm-hmm. they kind of like switched things up. Um, I think um, I'm, I'm so sad Bailey got uh, injured. Can, I'm going to say that yeah. because she was at this moment in her character. Like she had that, that shift where she was like heel Bailey. Right. And it was the fans loved it, right? Like it, she was engaging. She like got everyone, all the other wrestlers involved, and there were. And I just, it, it, she was almost about to go to live shows, and I, the potential and just like the excitement and, and anticipation of that, like that was just like disappointing for me because she's like one of my faves. Look, nine months later, she'll be back, and hopefully, maybe by WrestleMania. We're gonna speak into yeah. existence on that. Surprise! <laughs> she's gonna she's gonna have to post like Becky Lynch and post like all that cri- those cryptic messages. Definitely, like she's been doing now. Like, <laughs> we're gonna have to like like you know interpret them and like get our detective hat on. <laughs> Someone I would say, I feel like she kind of has had the proper platform, but it's just been like a hot mess. I feel like ever since she's got to the main roster, Shayna Baszler. I think her days yeah, compared to what she's been doing on the main roster is just like a complete 180. She yeah, had this yeah. powerful run in NXT. And then once she got up to the main roster, it's like, okay, we don't know what to do with her. Let's put her in a tag team. Let's do this with her. Let's do that with her. And it's like, this was one of your longest reigning NXT women champions. She was beating everyone. And now she gets on the main roster and it's like, we either don't see her. We see her in a tag team capacity, but she's not the same Shayna Baszler that was in NXT. Yeah. And that's kind of like the thing I've noticed is like, it is so fantastic when people get uh, on Raw and SmackDown, but it's like, there's that shift in, what their character is or like they're mm-hmm. trying to find like the right opponents and the right uh moments for them and like you know Shayna Baszler in contrast to her her life at NXT it was very different and so um yeah I feel like that's one that uh that I could see having yeah. more of a platform I definitely agree with that Shayna was like like so badass in uh in NXT she was starting to make a little bit of dominance when she did come up to the main roster mm-hmm. you know she I she was supposed to go over on Becky Lynch but something did not go the way it needed to be there's something that was not connecting the reason why she did not go over because she should have she should have been holding that Raw Women's title agree um and then you know going off to face uh Oscar when Oscar won the money in the bank women's money in the bank instead of having to you know 
Becky vacated because she got pregnant or whatnot. But I feel like with her moving to SmackDown now, I look, I don't, I'm not a fan of her being up on Naomi like that now. But however, I know that Shayna and Naomi can put down in the ring together. We've seen them have a match before. So a way for Shayna to Shayna needed to get away from Naya to me. Where maybe this is a chance for her to rebuild herself, rebuild her dominance, and some file, some way, find her way to get into that title picture. I really wish we'll get into the whole Queen's Crown thing later. But uh, I said that she was going to be my pick to win the whole thing. Yes. Let's talk about Queen's Crown. So WWE recently hosted the first Queen's Crown, which is the women's version of the King of the Ring tournament. This event has been met with a lot of frustration because the matches are so short and the brackets didn't include superstars that you would have thought made sense in the tournament. What were your thoughts overall with the with the Queen's Crown? Did you feel like they did a good job? Do you feel like they rushed to put it together? What were your initial thoughts? And then what are your thoughts now that obviously it's over? Zelina has been crowned the Queen of the Ring. And would you like to see another one next year? From the, the Queen's Crown, I was pretty excited because this is something of first for women. And, you know, I do feel like it was rushed because of the timing of it, trying to make sure that they get in all their matches before happen to have the finals at uh, Saudi. I know a lot of people were complaining about the women who were a part of this tournament. They felt like it was just a bunch of jobbers. Well... Um, you might as well give those who are not really have anything else to do something to do. The main women that I know that people wanted to be a part of that, they were already in a few. So why would you break them apart from a few that they're already having to go be a part of a, a Queen of the Ring tournament or Queen's Crown tournament when you can use women like a Zelina Vega, like a, a Dewdrop or a Dana Brooke or a um, Liv Morgan, Carmella, all of them. You utilize them who's not really who don't who's not really doing anything, not really in a few. Utilize them. So I do feel like the matches were very very short. One weren't minute, like two minute two matches. Minutes? Yeah, weren't they like one yeah. two minute matches? I did like, see that they were super short. It wasn't even very. enough time really to do much. No, but like I said, it was timing. They had to get to the finals as quickly as possible, and that's exactly what they did. I do hope that with the if they do another one, hopefully they do actually take their time to actually maybe we'll get some new newcomers coming in. Uh, as I will say, I mean, it was it got down. Like I said, I wanted Shayna to win the whole thing. Queens. Crown had the Queen of Spades written all over it. However, it did not, it didn't turn out that way. And of course, Zelina Vega ended up winning uh, over Dewdrop, which I honestly would say that match was like six minutes long. It was a really good match. I really thought it was going to be squash. I really did, but it, it didn't turn out that way. And I would say that hopefully if they do another one, um, they actually put some thought into it because I think they just put it together just to be, just to put it together. That's, that's how I look at it. So I had a thought because I'm I was looking at the brackets and like mm -hmm. the tournament a lot of the women that we just talked about that don't have a platform um or that need a, a bigger platform and that we want mm -hmm. to push like Tony Storm, Liv yeah. Morgan, Dana Brooke, Natalia, like all of these women that we just talked about <laughs> are, are part of this bracket and so that yeah. makes me does that make it better that they're like if they're two three minute matches it didn't do anything for it them do, it doesn't really do anything right mm -hmm. it doesn't it doesn't do anything for someone like Tony Storm who was yeah. a beast in NXT UK and NXT and then coming up to the main roster. And she only had one match 
and that was it. And then we don't see her anymore. We see her backstage with Dolph Ziggler. Don't see her anymore. Then we see it in a random match with tagging with Liv and versus Alina and Carmella. And then we see her get a part of the Queen's Crown tournament and then loses to Zelina Vega. It's it's yeah. not adding up for me. It's like when they get it's the it. women in NXT, they don't know what to do with them because in NXT, they were dominant, they were fierce, they were bold. They get up to the main roster, they change everything about them. They yeah, are they no longer get, who they yeah. were. They kind of get, get lost in the shuffle. Yeah, they get lost mm-hmm. in, in kind of moving up. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like what I spoke to before is that it's sometimes like they, they don't have like a long-term strategy or long-term plan for that talent. And you need to look ahead. You need to look at like a year from now, you know, even if it's a long game, okay, you're playing that long game. What are those, what are those matches that you need to have on every Friday, you know, on every SmackDown and every Raw in order to build to that big moment? You know, I've heard a lot of chatter about this tournament just being kind of like they announced it what like a month ago like it seems like very quick yeah quick announcement um and did you like how it was like divided between kind of different days and different brands um yeah the only my only issue was just the longer matches like just a short match the men matches were longer than the women matches as if they couldn't put on a equal quality match as just as the male counterparts were and it's sometimes it's although we still have this women's uh evolution going on and whatnot it still feels as if like for certain superstars they still get treated like divas they still do Mm, interesting I would have really liked to see some NXT superstars involved in Queen's Crown. Dakota Kai Mm -hmm. has been waiting to be on the main roster. I felt like that would have been an interesting opportunity for her to be involved in her initial debut to the main WWE roster, but they didn't go that route. I mean, you have a Leo who just, just moved up to the main roster, like, they could have utilized these newer talents that, yeah. you know, and developed them. But I kind of get what they were doing. Like you guys mentioned with having these women that weren't involved in any real storylines at the time involved in it. But I went back and I looked at the 2019 bracket for the King of the Ring. And if you look at it, it's way bigger than what they presented for Queen's Crown. So that kind of rubbed me the wrong way, too, because you create this bigger bracket for the men. Why couldn't the women get the same opportunity? It felt rushed, like okay, we're going to put a queen's crown together, but we're going to give them like half the superstars that the men have. So hopefully they like it. One to three minute matches. We'll give mm-hmm. you like a six minute match for the finale. But, you know, at least we did it. It's kind of like they just want a pat on the back, in my opinion. I yeah. feel like they just want a pat on the back. It, it wasn't proper planning. They're trying to force it. I feel like they oh, they're forcing, trying to force it. Yeah. I feel like they were trying to force trying to include women into this without having an actual plan. It's well, like it, it was a pat on the back. That's how yeah. I feel. I mean, when I'm looking at like when I think about who's involved in this tournament, it's what's interesting is it's pretty much like 99% of talent that have been uh, in, around a long time that could and because it I was thinking about like your NXT talent comment, like, okay if they brought in new people because it's culminating in, uh, you know, the crown jewel final in Saudi Arabia, like, did that have a factor, right? Like, mm-hmm. okay, they, you know, um, they have our most kind of veterans there um, in order to, to make it um, be as successful as possible. So that was just a thought that, yeah, that might that's have been too. Yeah. In, that, in that decision. WWE loves their crossover superstars. We've seen the Bella twins, Maurice, Carmella, 
they've all had their own reality TV shows, such as Total Divas, Total Bellas. They have their own companies. Is there anyone on the brand right now who you think would have a seamless transition to appearing on programming outside of WWE or even launching their own business? A hundred percent. Bianca Belair. Yes. A hundred percent. I can see Montez Ford and her having a reality show. A hundred percent. Their YouTube channel is everything. It's, it's everything, right? So cute. And and they could totally have one. Like, I think she also, she, like, she makes all of her gear. Like, that's definitely mm-hmm. just like a natural, like, I want to see all of that, right? And I think mm-hmm. there's, there's such a natural fit. And she's so charismatic and so friendly and so down to earth that it's a natural fit to to have a show that uh, they can share their lives with everyone more yeah. than they do already. <laughs> yeah, I think if they did like a, another version, like if they did like a newer total divas or total I was just thinking that. Total like that. superstars it's yeah total, total superstars, superstars or make it a, or make it a change the name of her or something and name, add, yeah. add a bianca belair on there mm-hmm. add you can bring natalia back you can have naomi on there if she wants to be on there despite what jimmy and his situations and whatnot how she wants to be back on there and whatnot i mean as far as i definitely can see bianca doing something in the fashion line or, or beauty line because i'm trying to figure out how she keep her lipstick on during this match because i've seen a I lot know. of wrestlers they be fighting it, like be, smears yeah. it, does, it stays in place it doesn't move I, like her edges don't move they stay in place the whole match you can pull on her braid it's stuck to her head she needs to give us a lesson or tutorial on how how to lay your edges, how to keep your lipstick on through an entire match. How do you keep your ponytail attached after it's been tugged, pulled on, snatched from the root at that? We need a lesson on all of that tutorial. Please and thank you. We need I mean, all of that. <laughs> I could also see her hosting a project runway, WWE mm-hmm. style. Yeah. How people do... Mm-hmm. This sounds amazing. I'm pitching it right now. Uh, have <laughs> do like uh, wrestlers gear, but have yeah, it and like maybe she's a guest. Maybe she helps. She's one of the the guest hosts or mm-hmm. guest like, judge for the day, or like, for the day, mm-hmm. or maybe she's like the full host for the whole series. I yeah. don't know. But she could do something like that where she combines her passions, right? Um, or even something like one of those uh, gladiator shows like The Rock does. I mm-hmm. definitely can see her. What if they had like an all-star thing for like yeah. um, wrestlers or whatever, where like they had like an all-star challenge for the wrestlers. Bianca would probably go through, through. I say Bianca, John Morrison, definitely, because he is so athletic. Uh, Montez definitely from the heavens somewhere flying. Yeah, what's that? What's that show that The Rock hosts? Uh, the one uh with the they jump the obstacle one. Wipe isn't, out. Isn't wipe like, out. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely. She definitely she, wipe out. Like she. I would love any, to see that. She could do any um any type of like athletic uh yeah. you know reality show or like lifestyle fashion mm-hmm. um anything like that. It'd be great. Anything. I'm trying to think anyone else. They could do like I, I honestly think they should. I want to see fashion. Naomi on Dance with the Stars. She good. would kill it. Yes, kind of want to see. Um, like we said earlier, some type of show that is about the women in WWE a little bit, where mm-hmm. it's it's about their lives and it's not just about wrestling, but it's about being a mom or it's being about being you know dealing with family and the struggles of being on the road. 
I feel like, like when I watch Total Bellas and Total Divas, I feel like it's very, a little bit more male centric where those stories are most prominent. Like, okay, uh, you know, I'm going on the road um, and I'm going to leave, leave people at home, right? Okay, I want to hear the women's stories. And I think we, the, the show would be pretty popular to, to hear that. To wrap up, are you both content with the current status or the current state of the WWE women's division? Why or why not? You're like, depends on the day. Depends on the day. Some <laughs> days are good, some days are bad. <laughs> I'm going to say no, because it can always be better. We can always make our storylines better. We can be more inclusive. We can elevate and highlight women uh, in a way that supports other women as well. And like, I, I think we can always be better. Um, I know that's like a general answer, but um, I think there's always room. Like there's there's some days like I watch Raw or SmackDown and I'm like, okay, that was a great moment. And then the next week it's not consistent. And I don't see it day, I don't see it week after week or we're leading up to a big, like we, we do well on the big shows, right? Like we do well at WrestleMania. We do really awesome at Royal Rumble where we have history making moments. But what do we do week to week? What do we do day to day? to make sure that we're still continuing it and like making it memorable and that we're, we're acting on those big moments. Cause if we only have three really great women, like female moments or matches a year that we all remember, like, is it worth it? Are we doing it properly? And I think that's, that's something to think about. I'm not, I don't think we can answer it, but we got to think about what we're doing every week because that's people are watching every week. That's my, that's my little rant. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> um, what I will say is that when I watch main roster storylines of women, and then I go down to NXT, the old NXT, not 2.0, but the old NXT. So let's not talk about that. That's a, that's a whole other that, that's that's, a, that's PTSD all over again. When I look at how the women storylines were on NXT versus the main roster, it made me want to, want to go down and watch NXT more um, because totally they bad. were, I mean, they literally, they had the best women's division there was at a, at a point of time. And they were doing some amazing things. And as far as like main roster goes, we, we all know who's in charge and we all know that things may be written one day and then and five or 10 minutes before the show. Yep. Is scrap and you got to think on the spot exactly how you're going to keep a storyline going, how you're going to end it, how you're going to move on with it, with it. And I feel like there are not enough women in the writer's room is the reason why women's wrestling storylines are sometimes stale. There have so been so many times I've yeah. cringed. So many times I've cringed. I was like, no, said, they would never say that. If there was a, <laughs> there was a woman in the locker room, this storyline would not have happened. No. And from my point of view, I've been in so many rooms where I've been the only woman there. I'm the only voice. And it's so hard because even though you you are that one person, you speaking up against a, a group of 12 to 15 other people, you have to really push and fight hard. And sometimes you have to pick your battles mm -hmm. and, you know, and think of that, like you said, two minutes before, five minutes before. And it is, it's one of those things that I think you're right, that we need to have 
the representation in the room. And mm -hmm. the more we have it, the more that those stories can be authentic and, and yeah. real and, and not have these like cheesy storylines that are similar to like the Attitude Era. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's sometimes where they go to. I feel like that's only where their mind stops at is trying to revert back to something that's already been told. Mm -hmm. Although it's, it's different people, you can't tell the same story twice. I don't care how many times you go back and rewrite it. My thing is sometimes that- they you, try though. They try a They lot. try. They, they really <laughs> do. And it fails every time because fans who are real fans and actually been watching this for a very, very long time, they pick up on it. And I always feel like a man can't sit here and write a script for a woman and say, this is what she's going to say, especially you're not around a bunch of women and i just feel like if they just stop writing scripts for them and just let them go off script and just say what they really want to say it would it would be so much better because a lot of things i'd be writing for these women i'm like I wouldn't even say that so I mean, can i say <laughs> that like one of the most uh, so speaking of authentic moments and moments mm -hmm. that were real remember this past wrestlemania when we had a rain delay yeah and they couldn't start the show and what they mm -hmm. did instead was they started and went around and did interviews. Did yeah. Mm -hmm. And that was the most energetic, the most mm -hmm. authentic and real moments mm -hmm. I've seen at a WrestleMania show in a really long time or any wrestling show because they had to mm -hmm. think on their feet. It couldn't be too scripted because no. you have producers probably yelling at them saying, all right, we're going to do this because mm -hmm. we literally have potentially 10, 20 minutes to fill up, Right. <laughs> you know? And, and so I think you need to tr like, make sure that you have those moments in order to mm -hmm. keep fans um, engaged. Engage. Mm -hmm. And again, that goes back to, you can have your, like have your bullet points of where, what you want to hit, mm -hmm. but let, you know, let, let the talent kind of, um, take thing. lead a little bit you know yeah. but i will say shout out to charlotte flair because she is she has been doing some behind the scenes work with the women's yeah. um division on raw i don't know how it's gonna go you know down since she's down in smackdown now but on raw she has been a lot of the women have been getting a lot more tv time as you can kind of see on raw or or there have been some type of storyline being developed because she she's back there trying to pitch some things in either writing mm -hmm. or or being a part of the back scene. And that's sometimes we need, we need more, more of our, our women's wrestlers who are, who have been there, who understand the business a little bit more now to be backstage and pitch different things and yeah. see, see how it goes. Because sometimes they will probably listen to them more than a newcomer. Yeah. And we've seen fan. that, we've seen that more and more where, you know, you have wrestlers that maybe they need to take a leave of absence, but maybe they can mm -hmm. work backstage. They can do, they can help kind of craft stories. They can help kind of, uh, train wrestlers in different ways, mentor them. And mm -hmm. I think we need to have more of that mentorship and that support system. Mm -hmm. Because if you've been around, you're the likes of Charlotte, uh, mm -hmm. you can come into a room and say, hey, I think it should be this. And, and people will probably listen. Yeah. Uh, but I think giving those opportunities and having more female coaches, I think is also mm -hmm. important as well at the PC, making sure. Yeah, that like Natalia. Natalia is always at the performance center in the ring helping somebody and before Lana got released she was down there with Lana helping Lana get better with her her in-ring ability she's she's been helping live she's been helping Natalia has been that coach to to help out women who mm -hmm. who want to train and practice a little more who actually want to do this and so she's she's been doing it for a while so I yeah. kudos I kudos to the women 
who are actually helping out and, and wanting to help out those. Yeah. Women. I think another, I know we're, we're trying to wrap up here, right? yeah. <laughs> but I think another note is like Beth Phoenix is a really good example of how she had an incredible wrestling career is in a, like a trailblazer in the industry. One of those ladies that, you know, we could talk about uh, earlier that um, made this uh, women's evolution happen as well. And what I think is important is she like is really great on commentary and really great behind the scenes as well. And and able to tell that story because she's been around the industry for such a long time and has an insight. And so I think finding a way to have women involved in the wrestling industry in multiple capacities and kind of filling their toolbox with as much as they can so they can be as well-rounded, whether they're in the ring or, or you know out of the ring, I think is super important. And that's something that even though we're talking about most of the time when we talk about WWE, female superstars we're talking about in ring i think there's tons of wwe female superstars that are out of the ring as well that we need to celebrate as well i agree with all of the points that you guys hit i think for me it really depends on the day and i think with the what they bring forward when i watch these shows you know it depends on what they're showing on if i'm optimistic about the future of the women's division in the wwe you know, there's been moments that I'm proud to be a fan. I think of Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks main eventing a WrestleMania. That was a proud moment. And then you think about other moments that haven't gone so well, like WWE not telling the fans at SummerSlam that the match had been canceled. Like there's just some things that I feel like they don't fully think through when it comes to the women. And they have that happen with the men as well. But I feel like it happens to the women a lot. Yeah, and- I was there for that summer. I was there for that SummerSlam moment. Mm-hmm. And I cannot tell you, my blood was boiling. <laughs> I was so mad. I was so mad. I I can't have the whole other show. Um, oh, I, was, I was about to throw my TV. I yeah. I was well, gonna flip. You should, you should I was gonna this. flip everything in this the, room. It went from like, <laughs> oh my god, Becky's back to to dead silence. This and literally, you could hear a pin drop in the stadium. Because how many people fit in Elysian Stadium? Like 80,000 or something. Yeah. And you, that's, that's or, or I think it was cut in half, I think, for the yeah. show. But mm-hmm. it was quiet. It was, yeah, mixed. I, it was like booze and cries and yelling. And I was like, yeah. I don't even know how to feel right now. <laughs> Just moments like that, you know, it sometimes it gets hard to to picture what women's wrestling will be like in the WWE, you know, months from now or years from but. You know, I think having these women that are legends and that have had good in-ring careers like Beth Phoenix, Molly Holly, you know, all of these women that, you know, they either utilize in a commentary position or backstage. I think those are the voices that we need to elevate the women's division to more than it is now. These women have been in situations where they were involved in a bra and panties match or they had the three minute matches. And now they're able to be in a uh, capacity in WWE where they can advocate for the women of today. So I really feel like they are integral parts in making sure that the women continue to elevate themselves. So I'm optimistic because I've been a fan, but at the same time, I'm hesitant because I see stuff like, you know, the queen's crown with the short matches and, you know, the way Naomi gets treated and stuff like that. And I get a little bit hesitant with WWE, but I'm optimistic. I hope that they, they get it together. Yeah. I mean, I think it's just, it's also going to be an opportunity for other, I know we're talking solely WWE, but it will be an opportunity for other promotions to step up and see what's not working. And 
it's going to, you know, um, create some tension and some competition, which I think is fine because we need more women uh, in wrestling. So I think um, more the merrier, right? <laughs> yeah, I agree. I definitely agree with that. And the one promotion in particular is supposed to be the competitor duty. Um, you know, they air every Wednesday and Friday. So if you if you catch my drift, you would know exactly what promotion I'm talking about. The one that doesn't really showcase their women like that, unless they're on YouTube, um, which they definitely need to do better on uh, with showcasing their women more That's than another. anything else. That's another rant. Another, you know. another hour we can talk. I don't, don't want to get PTSD all over again. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, ladies, so much for joining me today to talk about the current state of the WWE Women's Division. Where can the people follow you guys individually on social media? You can follow me <laughs> on all social platforms at Emily May Heller. So on Instagram, you guys can follow me at Santana Muse, like M-U-S-E. And on Twitter, you can follow me just at Driana, D-R-I-U-N-E, not D-R-U-I-N-E, because people like to butcher my name and spell it incorrectly so yeah d-r-i-u-n-e is where you can find me on twitter thank you for tuning in to another episode of wrestling wind down you can find all of our other episodes available on apple Podcasts, spotify google play iHeartRadio, and wherever else you listen to your podcast we're also on twitter and instagram at wwdcast let us know what you thought about the episode what was your favorite part until next time enjoy your wine and of course enjoy your wrestling cheers Thank <laughs> you.